G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Ah, you know the routine. We read all this stuff in the Bible about mercy and grace and power and victory. So then we set out to improve ourselves, to become better Christians. And it's not until you've been banging your head up against a brick wall for a while that you ask yourself, what am I doing? What's the matter with me? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take a look at power. God's power in your life from a different perspective. Spiritual victory is an awesome thing. So many things come against us in this world. People, circumstances, our own selfish desires, the devil and his legion of demons. It's almost as though we've been set up to fail, don't you think? You look at all the stuff we have to get through in this life and there is just no way that you can live your life the way God wants you to live it. Way too many people who call themselves Christians are living in that sort of defeat. But Jesus came to give us victory, and victory we shall have if only we can get over our desire to be self-sufficient, if only we can get over this natural instinct we have somewhere deep inside us to set out on our own to become better people, to become better Christians, if you will. How do we get that idea into us in the first place, pray tell? Well, here's how it generally unfolds in our lives. One of the very first things we try to teach our children is to become self-sufficient. I mean, when they're born, they're completely dependent on us for everything. By the time they leave home, we want them to be able to cope with the big, wide world out there on their own. We want them to be self-sufficient, and that's good. But there's a downside. The danger is that we take that thinking and that teaching, each one of us, into our relationship with God. Jesus once said this to his disciples, John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. He said, Abide in me... As I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Allow me, if you will, to paraphrase that so that we can get into our thick skulls once and for all. In effect, Jesus is saying this, Look, guys, I don't care how clever you are. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine, you're the branches, and the only way that you can bear fruit is to be in me. When I became a Christian, that's a lesson I had to learn the hard way. I was Mr. Self-Sufficient. In fact, that's still my natural instinct to try to crash through things on my own. So it's still a lesson I'm learning over and over again. When it comes to overcoming my sin, when it comes to blessing others, here's what I've discovered. Apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. And nothing means nothing. And it's exactly what God's word says, by the way. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 56 and 57. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only place you get victory is in Jesus. No, you can't do it alone. The only place you get victory, just in case you missed it, is in Jesus. 
I know what you're thinking. Bernie, that's a great theory, but exactly how does that work? Where, where do I go to actually lay hold of that victory? How, how can I experience this victory you've been yabbering on about in my life? How can I stop being a spiritual loser? How can I start winning the battles each day? One of the most amazing things about being a Christian is having the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you. Just stop and think about that for a minute. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. So when the Spirit dwells in you, that's God. That's the God who created the universe, the Jesus who died and rose again for you, the same Holy Spirit who filled those disciples with power at Pentecost. That's that God dwelling in you. A lot of people shy away from the Holy Spirit. He's a bit harder to get a handle on. The Father, yeah, we get that. The Son, we get that too. But the Holy Spirit, it's not so easy. Listen up. Those disciples, even though they spent three and a half years with Jesus, were a disorganized, uneducated rabble. Even when Jesus ascended to heaven, they still lacked that power, that, that ability, that focus to do what Jesus had called them to do, to be his witnesses, even unto the ends of the earth. Then something happened. Have a listen. Acts chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He brings such incredible power into our lives the power to do things we never imagined, the power to be all that God made us to be, the power to overcome sin, the power to live our lives in victory, come what may. The Bible actually commands us, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet some Christians shy away from him, like that makes sense somehow. That very same day, that the disciples were filled with the Spirit. Listen to what Peter, the the uneducated fisherman, achieved. Acts chapter 2, verses 14 and 41. Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. And those who welcomed his message were baptised. And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. He hadn't been to the elite theological colleges of Jerusalem, no. He was a fisherman from Galilee, of all places. When Jesus needs him most, during the many trials leading up to his crucifixion, this Peter, who had promised to stand by Jesus, denies him three times, just as Jesus had foretold. Now, let's wind the clock forward to this day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit falls on the disciples. Peter gets up and speaks about Jesus to this huge crowd, filled with the very same people who just weeks before had shouted, Crucify him! He tells them about Jesus about their sin. There was every chance that he too could have been arrested and crucified. Instead, we're told that on that very day, about 3,000 people accepted Jesus. Now, that's what you call power. The very same power that's available for you today. Back then, they began to proclaim Christ and they began to see thousands of people come to believe in him and they went out and suffered much persecution and laid the foundations of the church and our faith, which now lives 2,000 years on. How did that happen? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, despite the obvious failures and limitations of each of those disciples. 
Let me come back and say it again. That very same power is available to you and me here and now. Let me tell you the truth. Each time I look in the mirror when I'm shaving in the morning, I see my own face, the wrinkles, the grey hair, the dimple on my left cheek, all the imperfections. And if you stare at those imperfections in yourself long enough, you become fixated on them. No amount of wishing we would look different can change the face in the mirror, right? It's like that with the rest of our lives too. I can't change who I am. I, I can't remove the bad habits and the dimples and the wrinkles and the imperfections from my life all on my own. But fortunately, I don't have to. Neither do you, for that matter. Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, the moment we believe in Jesus, the old person dies and a brand new person comes to life. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. That's the only power that will ever bring real transformation. It's the only power that will ever give you a new lease of life. Resurrection power. The only power that will give you victory in this world. So how often has the same temptation tripped you up? How often has the same sin brought you unstuck? It happens so regularly that eventually we give up. But that was never, never God's plan. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my special edition book, Eliminating Stubborn Sin Once and For All. Because His Word is alive and active. Amen. So I'm praying that through this book, God will set you free to become all that He made you to be. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.